What's up, guys? It's Avery Carl from The Short Term Show doing the intro for the Panhandle of Florida. We are doing a 10-episode deep dive on two markets here, both the Emerald Coast and the Forgotten Coasts of Florida, which basically makes up the entire Florida Panhandle. So 10-episode deep dive here. We are going to add quarterly updates, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. We also have some supplemental materials for you guys on our website. So anything you need to know about current short-term rental property pricing in terms of how much it costs to buy a property in these markets. You can find that on our website at theshorttermshop.com. You can also find current AirDNA income data thanks to our friends over at, you guessed it, AirDNA. And uh, we've got all that for you guys so that you can listen to this at any point in time and go find live pricing and live income data. Also, if you guys want to buy a short-term rental investment with a short-term shop agent on the Emerald or Forgotten Coast, you can just email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will get you hooked up. These are two of my very favorite beach markets, by the way. I've chosen to live in the Emerald Coast. I also invest in the Emerald and Forgotten Coast, so very near and dear to my heart. Also, if you guys just have more questions and you want to chat about short-term rentals, we've created a, an amazing community over on Facebook with over 50,000 short-term rental investors just talking shop all day. It's got the same title as my book. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. So head over there to chat more about short-term rentals. And if you want to chat live on Zoom, we've got a call every Thursday that you can join at strquestions.com. Happy investing, y'all. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the Emerald Coast of the Short Term Show special episode series. Today, we're talking about the setup process. So once you close, you're going to have to get your property ready to rent. So today, we're going to talk about all the things that you need to do between closing and getting your first booking. And we have a great panel today uh, to help us talk about this. And first, we have Luke Carl. Luke, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Luke. I teach Management Monday for the Short Term Shop, among uh, many other things. And uh, yes, uh, I've taught uh, over 10,000 people how uh, to uh, put their, well, how to be better at uh, renting their properties and uh, hopefully give some good advice uh, along the way. And I've been doing this a long time. I've got several different types of uh, uh, real estate, different asset classes, and uh, and I'm uh, grateful to be here. Thanks, Luke. And next we have Pete Apizzato. Pete, you introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Pete Apizzato, an agent here on the Short Term Shop. I've been an Airbnb host since 2010, and I'm very happy to be here with you people. And next we have January Johnson. She needs no introduction, but she's going to introduce herself anyway. <laughs> this is the first time they've seen me. Uh, so, uh, yes, I, I, uh, I'm also an agent on the Emerald Coast, and I sell from Panama City Beach to Navarre Beach. I own four short terminals myself and the longest running Airbnb host in the city of Panama City, not Panama City Beach, but Panama City. And I'm a community leader for Airbnb. Thank you, January. And last but not least, the infamous Chuck Kramer. I'm always last. That's okay. <laughs> You're always at the bottom of my screen for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> I have to work my way up. <laughs> I haven't been at this uh, quite as long as Luke has, but uh, we're we're at eight years now. Uh, handled eighteen listings. We have nine right now. Uh, you buy, you sell. It happens. And uh, I'm detail oriented, so that's one of the reasons I'm here is because this this particular episode is going to be all about details. <laughs> I live in the Emerald Coast as well, so it's easy to stay up to date. 
All right. Thanks, Chuck. Okay. So the first thing that we're going to talk about when it comes to getting set up is permitting. So this is technically a task that you perform once you've closed the actual act of permitting, although you need to, if you did not listen to the previous episodes about making sure that the regulations allow things and all that, we're going to talk about that a little bit here, but my point is you need to make sure before you get under contract on the property that you're buying something that is in the right zone that you're able to use as a short-term rental and the rules that you need to follow. You need to familiarize yourself with that before you close. So that's just a preface. Now we're going to talk about the permitting process across these several counties. So we've got um, Okaloosa, Walton, Bay, and Gulf County. We're including Forgotten Coast, Luke. So um, who wants to go first? Maybe we'll talk about Okaloosa first and just work our way east. Sure, I, I'll talk about that. Okaloosa, um, if you're in Okaloosa County, chances are you're also going to be in the city of Destin. There's very few places that in the county that you can do a short-term rental that's not in the city. You're, uh, to start off with, all of these that we're going to talk about, you need to have a Florida business license and you need to register for Florida sales tax. Um, no matter which place you're at on the coast, you're going to need to do that. In Okaloosa County, you also need a business license. And then you also need to register for a business license in Destin, as well as a short-term rental license. Destin is fairly strict, and they're also very slow. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's more a question for them, I believe, of, of trying to do too much with a small staff, because they're, they're really good people there. Um, but there is a very rigorous process you have to go through. No internal inspections, but just getting the little sticker to put on your sign can take weeks. And don't even try listing without that permit ahead of time. Um, Destin, like many of the local folks here, uh, employ third-party companies to scour the OTAs looking for people that don't have a permit number or a uh, registration in their database. So... OTA is online travel agency in case people don't know that. Yes, Airbnb. <laughs> I'm also in Destin, uh, also live basically in Destin and uh, uh, well, one county over, but not really because it's like, like it's a fine line, right? But uh, uh, I, I, he, he nailed it. He's absolutely right. My brain definitely looks at it a different way as I am not detail oriented at all. Uh, and um but but it is it is a tedious process. It's kind of a pain in the rear, to be honest. And it's a good thing. It's all it's a good thing. Um, we are all very proud of Destin, as well as Destin is proud of Destin. It is a it's a beautiful place. The beaches are insane, and uh, and and I think they're doing a great job at at keeping Destin, you know, classy. Keep it classy. Um, and uh, but yeah, just be aware. I mean, I usually say you know, if I had to give a again back going back to when I first got my ducks in a row on my Destin house. It, it took me, it probably took me about 45 days, which was mostly my fault. I wasn't prepared. Um, uh, coming from originally from the Smokies where everything's fairly easy. Uh, I think, I think you probably should give yourself about 30 days. Uh, maybe, maybe you could get it done quite, quite quicker than that. If you're really on it, um, to get all your, you know, your permits, et cetera. Um, but, uh, all I remember, it was a tedious process, uh, and, and, and kind of a pain in the rear end, but, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad, glad it was because it's, you know, making sure that Destin stays, uh, you know, what it is. And at the other, also, you know, it's a one-time thing. So, you know, typically when, when we're closing, I mean, the tedious process of renewing and stuff, um, yeah. 
you know, most people, when they close on the property, want to do some things to it anyway. So it allows you that time to really get it ready. Go ahead, Chuck. I know you got to, I'm going to be somewhere between Chuck and Pete on that one. Go ahead, Chuck. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, tedious is a good word, but um, Destin has been in an area of change. The years that I've been here, each year has been different. But the renewal process is no easier than your initial process. It's the exact same steps. There's no shortcuts. Um, I agree. And I also agree with Pete. I do find that the renewal is way easier, uh, but it is the same steps. But I've done them before, you know, so it's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. The hardest part about renewal for me is like, wait a minute, what was that stupid website I have to go to again? You know, like remembering. And then as soon as I figure it out, it, it clicks and it, it is a much Maybe not easier, but for me, at least, it's a much quicker process. Or at least time out of my pocket, anyway, um, is, is less. I, I would agree I spent a little less time this year, but it took me a lot longer to get my sticker. But um, and, there, and there is an order of things. Now, hold yeah. on. Now we're getting way into the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> They're now delivering the stickers. Or at least, yeah. at least this year. They might change it again by the time that somebody listens to this. But this year, they actually deliver. And here's an even funnier story. They delivered my sticker two days before I got a new sign because you have to have a sign in Dustin. <laughs> and it has to be like the exact size and it has to have the exact language on it. And it's very strict. Um, so I went over there to put my new sign and I was like, damn it, my new permit's already on the side, my new sticker. Um, so I emailed him again and he goes, no problem. If you, if you take it off the old sign, can't get it back on the new sign, just let me know. I'll bring you a new one. Um, and, uh, sure enough, it didn't stick. So I, I sent him an email and then the next time I was over there, I had a new sticker it used to be back in the day. You had to go get the sticker from the city. Um, and I, and I didn't even live here at the time. So that was like, it, it was kind of a, you know, I mean, okay, well, I guess I got to go to Destin, poor me, but, uh, uh, but you could send somebody on your behalf, but at least it, again, we're getting way into the weeds. Um, <laughs> they, they are delivering the stickers at least in 2023. And look, we are we are in the weeds, but some of this is going to come up again and again as we talk about the different jurisdictions. So we're kind of laying it out there. Yeah, and Destin, I mean, again, there's more of a need to talk about this in Destin, really, than or maybe Walton County than than, than probably any short term shop market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also I want to clarify that they're not they're not like putting a cap on anything or telling you that you can't have a license, they're, they're not going to tell you no. You just have to make sure that they have all these things on file just so that things are organized. So you have to supply them with things and they might tell you you have to change stuff, but they're not going to say, no, you can't have a permit and then you're going to be screwed. So when we say like really strict and really hard, we don't mean it's hard to be allowed to have a permit. It's just a, a process to get the permit that you are allowed to get basically. And, and I think it's yep. a good thing. I mean, you know, there's there's other jurisdictions around the country. I mean, why I started in Manhattan, it was kind of a free for all, you know, and there was no regulation really other than them technically making it illegal at some point. But I feel when the jurisdiction is actually friendly to the to it, go jumping through the hoops is a good thing. Once you get it and up and running, you know, there's a reason why this place has been a mature vacation rental market for years, decades. Totally. It's also it's also worth mentioning that many of the condos are exempt from this. Yeah, uh, can ask about yeah. saying that because a lot of times I have customers who who um, 
they hear HOA and they get worried that the HOA is going to change the regulations about condos and things. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. We'll dive into that, uh, Jan. Uh, is, is that the case or do we need to worry or, or what? No, not at all. I mean, if, if the condo is, I mean, it, all along the coast, the, the condos are not residential condos. I mean, you could live in them if you wanted to, but that's not how they're run. They're run more like hotels and, um, and the HOA is made up of people who, <laughs> who own rental properties. So they're not going to vote against their own interests there. It's yeah. not some other entity that's going to make these decisions that's apart from the people who are the owners. But, you know, people from other states hear HOA and they immediately think controlling group of people who are going to take away your rights to do something with your own property. And that's not the case. Yeah. yeah I, I'm actually in a very rare area in Destin that doesn't have an HOA. It, most areas do. And it's not certainly not something to be afraid of. Um, my, my property happens to be in like a little, I don't know, Chuck, how many, it's only like seven by four blocks or something like that area. Maybe a square mile, maybe two. That doesn't have an HOA, but I'll be honest with you. I, I feel like my, my little area, which is called Crystal Beach, uh, not to be confused with Texas, um, is more strict in a lot of ways. Like the city is kind of more on top of us there because there's no HOA, like enforcing their own rules. You know, like the city, again, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like in other areas, the HOA has these rules and things are kind of just in order. And where I'm at, I feel like the cops are kind of cruising around and the law, uh, the, the code enforcement's cruising around a little bit more um, because uh, there there isn't like a governing body uh, other than them. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just a weird perception I have, but uh, let me put it this way. I have seen on many occasions, here's actually, let me tell you a funny story. Our, the house we own in Destin was vacant for uh, quite some time before we purchased it. Um, it was in it was in bad shape and, and uh, just had been sitting there kind of, you know, in disrepair. Um, and the driveway is a circle. Um, which is rare, kind of weird for the area. So in other words, you can just pull in and then pull right back out. The cops had set up shop in my driveway to hand out people walking down the street with open container tickets. Um, and I know this because when I bought it, I put, of course, put a camera and, then, and I'm like seeing cops all the time, you know? And then also we would go there um, and and I would be upstairs. And like, if if Avery took the car to get coffee or something, uh, I was just upstairs, but and the driveway's empty. And it's like within ten minutes, there's a cop in the driveway setting up shop because I think they were just used to my house being empty, and because of that convenient driveway, and they were just like pulling people over on golf carts and walking by with Yetis full of vodka or whatever and handing out tickets. Um, and I I don't know if that is maybe not as common in the HOA areas because there's like more you know people keeping an eye on things, but just kind of a funny story. I actually went and talked to him. I was like, hey, guys, uh, somebody owns this house now. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm super happy you're here. Um, but uh, just letting you know that, the, the you know, new uh, new owner in town on this one, you know. I want to say one more thing about Destin. Destin is only eight square miles. It's very small. Um, and so when you talk about, you know, a lot of times people ask me the difference between Panama City Beach, Destin, whatever. And I was I was shocked to find out that how small it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right, we got to move on to another county now because we've spent been like 15 minutes on Destin and we've got a lot of ground to cover. So uh, let's get over to Walton County, which is Miramar Beach and 30A. So Walton County until recently did not really have any permitting process at all. They've recently changed that to be a little more similar to Destin because when things would happen, nobody would know who to call. It was just crazy parking problems, things like that. So I know Chuck's done a lot of research on that. So Chuck, do you want to hit the... Uh, permitting in Walton County? Sure. And it's uh, it's not 100% done yet. Uh, they've just recently, like two to two or three days ago, posted what they call their final draft. Uh, when they take the draft part out, then it'll absolutely be final. But there's a, there's a pretty extensive application process uh, that includes, uh, you'll need floor plans, you'll need plot diagrams of, of your property, where things are, what they're going to be used for. If you have septic, you're going to have to include your septic permit. And that's something you may not have bothered to get when you bought your property, if you have septic. Um, you need a lot of the same things that we already talked about for Okaloosa and Destin. Uh, in fact, everything we talked about for there. One of the things they have not finalized yet is the sign requirements. They, uh, they have said that there's going to be a sign requirement, but each piece of paper they come out with has been pretty different. So, and I'm looking at their latest and it's not even on here. So it, it's still in uh, um, flux, I guess. Uh, they also want to see that you've been covered by everything else in the state, including the uh, balcony inspection certificates. In Florida, if uh, you have a short-term rental that has third floor or above, you have to have a balcony inspection certificate. Um, that's something that Destin and Okaloosa haven't asked for, but Walton's going to have it on theirs. Um, so this is a brand new process, uh, and I, I've worked with governments of all types for a very long time, and my gut feeling is it's going to be a very bumpy road the first year as they feel out the process, um, and hopefully they're going to be lenient with some of these things during that, because uh, enforcement of this is going to be new for them as well. Um, the, the one, one small concern here is that they also haven't finalized how they're going to determine occupancy. Um, at one point, they were looking at how many people per square foot, and I think the uh, uh, Florida fire uh, regulations have something along the lines of one person for every 250 square feet, um, or a bedroom count, such as two people per bedroom. Uh, and then there'll be parking requirements tied to that as well. Um, but these are not in this quote-unquote final draft that I'm looking at, so... Yeah, I think it's important to remember that we're not experts on this subject. You got to make sure you, you know, uh, do your due diligence on on the. There's going to be websites for whichever area, any any area nationwide. There'll be some sort of a government uh, website uh, for what what we're doing here that will give you as much uh, info as possible. And, uh, and and but like like Chuck said, Walton County is a little uh, you know it's a, it's got going through some changes right now. So make sure you do your uh, research and get all your eyes dotted yeah uh, let me let me add one quick thing both about uh destin and, and uh walton and, and pretty much everywhere here is they're going to require that you have a local person that can be sort of on call if there's a problem uh there's varying requirements around that they may need to respond in 30 minutes or 60 minutes um they will usually require an affidavit beside be presented uh with that person's signature saying they agree to do it um most of the time, we recommend folks talk to their potential cleaner uh, or handyman about doing that. But 
start that early because if they're not interested in doing it, it it could be a little harder to find somebody to do that for you. Yeah. I think most cleaners understand that's part of a lot of my clients anyway, when they um, got their cleaners, they're, they're well aware that's something that they uh, kind of sign on to. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. So, um, which again is, is an argument for having a regular cleaner versus pulling a different one every few weeks off of yeah. one of the apps. Absolutely. Yeah. There's also a fire inspection. I know we're not talking about Bay County yet, but a fire inspection. I don't know what that is. What's the case in other counties? Um, Gulf Shores has that as well. Um, uh, they do theirs every three years. Uh, the original text for uh, Walton County included that. Um, I haven't had a chance to read the very final section of this document yet, but it seemed each time they came out with something, they just said, you need to be compliant. But I think they realize that they don't have the manpower to do the inspections, at least not yet. Gotcha. Lots of posting requirements, though, uh, about information inside the house, more than I've ever seen anywhere, including we have to post things about the sea turtles. Um, you know, we love we our sea turtles in Walton County. They do. Uh, we don't and, even have streetlights because of that, because they don't want to disorient the sea turtles. Yeah, no streetlights and blue windows. What do they call those? They have a, they're yeah. called turtle glass, isn't it? Turtle isn't glass, it? yeah. Turtle glass, yeah. Um, so it's a bunch of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, lighting, lighting restrictions. Uh, you have to have a sign pointing where the nearest hospital is, nearest emergency room. Um, the flag, the beach flag system. All, That's but, important. That is yeah, really important because people yeah. get out there and drown all the time. And my four-year-old walks down the beach during red flag days and tells people, you're not supposed to be in the water. <laughs> and people still go in the water yeah. on double red flag days and they drown. And, yeah, and, and the hospital thing's important too. I, I've, I've started to implement a system where putting the address of the property near the front door, just in case there's an emergency, because these people have no idea where they are in a lot of cases. So I'm putting, I'm getting some signs made up, put them by the front door. Hey, if you have a 911 situation, tell them this is where, I mean, obviously 911 hopefully knows how to find the house. Uh, but uh, you know, just in case, uh, uh, you can you never, you never be too safe. Yeah. These, these are things that are actually good for your guests in the, in the long run. You know, I used to include all that information where the closest hospital is and everything in all my listings, but you know, in the long run, these are, you know, it, it's keeping your guests safe and it's, it's literally once you set it up once it's done. That's true. So, and the county's is able to provide most of this stuff. Uh, we have a, we have a couple of really nice visitor centers in the county. I dropped by there one day and walked out with three boxes of things, including a pretty cool mug. <laughs> so, um, so they're making it easy to, uh, or they're trying to make it as easy as possible for owners to be compliant. I also think the county clerk websites are pretty good. At least um, I know Bay County is. They've got lots of links to all the things you need to know. And people are very helpful. I mean, granted, they want to help you pay your taxes, but they they are helpful. So if you need to call and get information, I think it's easy to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I've been actually surprised at how friendly they are on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a big <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard not to be happy here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess Avery, if you want me to talk about Gulf County real quick, it's very similar yep, there ahead. as well. Uh, we've got a property in Gulf County, which is just one over from uh, from from January, basically, and uh, um, it's very similar there. There is an inspection every year. It's it's an annual inspection, which is. Um, a little frustrating at first. I'd ha I had not been party to that uh, at any of my other properties. And the list is, it's a, it's a laundry list of things that they, that you have to pass. 
Um, but uh, again, where I'm at in Cape Sandblast, there's there's not even been real estate there for more than about 40 years. So um, it's you know most properties are are going to be a little on the newer side there. And I didn't have any trouble passing my inspection first time, uh, which I was very well prepared to not pass uh, and get um, a list of items to repair and and re uh, reinspect. Uh, because I read that that's super common and they, they're very easy with the inspection process that the guy gives you his cell phone number and it's just a dude and he te he'll text you and say, can I come over and inspect this thing? Um, and uh, like I said, I, my first time I passed, um, no issues. And then uh, every year you basically just go back to that guy and he goes back out and, and checks. Um, I guess the biggest thing there in Bay County, or I'm sorry, in uh, Gulf County is the railing height. Uh, again, I don't want to give a specific number because uh, I don't remember things. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't want to step on any toes or get in myself in trouble. Uh, but there, the railing has to be a certain height on any porch uh, or deck. Um, and, and it's a little higher than normal, I think. So make sure you look into that. Um, again, fairly simple process. And there's a couple guys in, in the area that uh, go around swapping out the railings for taller railings because it's a thing. Um, uh, but again, if the property was in service previous to you purchasing, purchase, in other words, if it was already a rental, it would have had to have passed the inspection anyway. So, um, but, but just be aware that is there, uh, other than that in Gulf County, things are pretty simple and easy. Um, and again, there is a website there with very, you know, it's old school. Um, but the, you know, the phone number at the bottom, they're super helpful. Um, just like everybody's talking about, uh, and, and in all these markets. And, you know, these offices are small, too. Chances are, if you call three times, you're going to get the same person all three times. So yep. that's how good they are. Yes. As a matter of fact, in Destin, the I don't want to give her first name because I don't want to be able to like bombard her, but her last name is Destin, uh, which <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Chuck, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you asked her in some conversation at one point. I think she's actually in a different role now. I don't think she's handling permits anymore, licenses. <laughs> She is still at the city, but I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Your last name is Destin. And she's like, yeah, it was a co coincidence. I'm all like, right. All right. We got to stop with Destin. We only have anyway, so much time and we got a lot of ground to cover. Okay. Bay County. At the city of Destin. <laughs> Bay County. <laughs> Bay right. County. Chuck, what do you know about Bay County? Uh, Bay County is probably one of the first ones around here to have regulations. Uh, as far as I can tell, uh, you also within Bay County, you have uh, Panama City Beach, the city, and you also have Panama City. It has their own regulations as well. So and that's that's a lesson in any market. You may have to deal with multiple levels, um, but they do try to make it as easy as possible. Uh, you have to register within the county. Uh, requirements are, are actually a bit lighter than some of the other ones um, in terms of what you need to provide. It's a more mature process. And over time, I guess they've learned that some of the stuff they really don't need. So why spend the effort? <laughs> um, you still have to be registered. It, it, at least when I, I stepped somebody through this just a few weeks ago, and it was interesting that Bay County wouldn't take their registration without them already showing their PCB registration. Um, the other markets are different. They work top down. In other words, you got to show your state to your county, your county to your city and, and so forth. But this one seemed to be backwards. Um, but they make that very clear on the website. Uh, and again, as you said earlier, January, the websites are great for these people. Do you want to add something to that? 
The- well, the, the city of Panama City, I know most of our people don't purchase over here, but my short-term rentals are in Panama City, and they just started applying the 1% merchant fee to short-term rentals. Um, so that's new in, well, as of October, but they've really just started, I guess, enforcing it. And they've worked with all the online travel agencies to actually delist your property as of May 1st, if you didn't have, if you weren't registered with the county and the city. Um, because Panama City did not have any idea how many short-term rentals were even here. They have they had no way of tracking it, but they they the way they tracked it is they worked with the online travel agencies to do that. So um it's it's a pretty quick process, even registering at the Department of uh, Business and Professional Regulation at the state level. But that's new for for Bay County for Panama City, and there's actually places in Panama City Beach that you don't have to pay a particular that tax in. There's a special taxing jurisdiction, but I tell everybody just to assume that you're going to have to pay the percent to the county and the percent to the city as well. Okay. But you don't have to pay to register; you just have to register, and then you have to pay your taxes. Right now, in in Panama City and Bay County, they've added this new business. They've added a business tax to match what Panama City Beach was already doing. Well, it was already applying to the hotels and and all retail. They just now made it apply to short term rental property. So that's how they decided to figure out and keep track of how many short term rentals there are. So it would the fee was already existing. It's just now applying to short term rentals. Understood. Whichever market you're in, this is something that whether it's it's here uh, along the Emerald Coast or the Smokies or, or Scottsdale, wherever, you need to make sure that you understand the business taxes. Don't just focus on the short-term rental licenses because um, when you have a short-term rental, it's a business, and some places they'll have a gross tax that you have to you have to pay separately, and it's not a tax on the customer; it's a tax on your business. Now, Panama City Beach is a little different; they have a business tax, but you can actually add it on and charge the customer for it. Um, Bay County, I don't know, so I don't wanna say for sure, but make sure you get all your details right. You don't wanna be getting a nasty letter yeah. a year later. At, now at that we end. put everybody to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> While we're talking about taxes, what I wanna to say too is, you know, I'm, not, I'm like everybody else, I don't wanna pay more taxes than I owe, but yeah. tourist development tax, bring, you know, it goes to develop the, the, the areas to bring more tourists to your area. So you can think of it like a marketing fee for yourself, like a marketing expense, because I mean, they build all the, you know, they built a great sports park in Panama City Beach with this money. You know, they improve roads and, and do all kinds of things that make it friendly for your guests to, to be here with these um, with these tourist development council taxes. So, you know, when when you're writing that check or when you're, you know, paying that that fee, grit your teeth and think how great it's, you know, what, what it's contributing to because it is improving this area quite a bit. And we thank you for that. And at the end of the day, I feel these things are, although they're a little tedious up front, you know, being a person who started in two different markets where the regulations kept changing to make them almost illegal, I'd rather deal with this up front than have to worry about having to shut down operation down the road. Totally. All right. So let's move on from permitting and talk about actual setup in terms of stocking and furnishing. So um, most properties in these two markets are going to come furnished. So you might just have to update a few things or replace a couple of things that you don't like or that are worn out. So if, but if you do have something that is not furnished, typically 
Uh, there are local furniture companies that are really, really used to having to use a door code. Luke calls it door code culture. So a lot of them are going to be really helpful in terms of being able to get things furnished. They'll come and set things up for you. Where in some markets, like people won't do that. Like we are also recording the Texas Hill Country right now. And there's not really, they're not comfortable with that out there yet. But here in these markets, they're pretty used to it. Um, but so you're, but it's unlikely you're going to have to furnish from the ground up. So let's talk about stocking really quick. Uh, what are we stocking typically in our houses in terms of paper products or coffee or toiletries? Let's start in the kitchen. So let's talk coffee, spices, paper products. I love a good coffee bar. I mean, I like to put coffee with different kinds of sugars and different kinds of creamers. And, uh, I, I have a regular curry again, of you know, whatever other kind of pot you call that a drip coffee pot. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker, but, <laughs> um, and, and I like to stock those things because I, I think that's a nice touch when people are there. Um, and I know coffee drinkers appreciate that. Um, I supply basics like olive oil, salt and pepper, Ziplocs, um, aluminum foil, you know, just basic things that you would, that you need in a kitchen. Um, pretty, pretty basic. But I also provide, you know, and this is obviously specific to the host, but I also provide like some popcorn, uh, maybe a little spaghetti and, you know, spaghetti sauce, because, you know, you, people might be arriving at my places at 10 o'clock at night and they've got kids and there's nothing to eat, nothing's open. And so I at least try to provide some kind of a, a little snack that they, you know, could get by on that that's individual to other people. But um I think that's but mostly no place ever has good knives. So I try to have a couple of decent knives in a property. Um, I know that's important to me. I like to cook. And even if you're just trying to slice something open, you need to, you know, you don't need a dull knife. Yeah. I, these markets are big on groups coming together and staying together, you know, and I think really well stocking your kitchen is important because I know for me in my past units, I've gotten dinged with reviews of like, oh, he didn't have a muffin tin or something <laughs> like that. So I think, you know, paying for it up front all at once, like fully stocking your kitchen with utensils and stuff like that, I think is a really smart way to go. It just makes your place look well stocked. Agreed. And, uh, towels, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll certainly make sure that you've got uh, kidware you know, the uh, plastic, but dishwasher safe uh, plates, forks, spoons, cups, lots of kids and well, lots of kids. Yeah, my, my systems are the same at all my houses, really. Um, I, I try to honestly, what I do is I go to the um, the short term shop Facebook groups, uh, like the uh, the big Facebook group. And we have a we call it the big list. And there's like, I don't know. 300 posts on there of things that people like recommended for their property. And um, I'll go through and be like, Oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. Cause I'm not really much of a kitchen gadget kind of person, but I do have a Keurig and a drip maker and a, and um, Nespresso um, and uh, and a, and a, what do you call it? A press French press um, as much coffee stuff as possible and things, you know um, I, I, again, I try to have the same thing in, in basically all my houses, regardless of where they are. Um, so that when something breaks, I know exactly what it was and just go back and re you know, order a, the same thing or something similar. Wine glasses. Uh, if you have a pool, unbreakable wine glasses, <laughs> you don't want glass uh, around the pool or at the beach. We also, um, in the last year, we started putting in the paper hot cups, uh, mm. you know, things like the, the cups you get from Starbucks and stuff. 
because it keeps people from taking our coffee mugs to the beach or out with them. And uh, we've noticed that our turnover in coffee cups has dropped significantly. And uh, it's not even so much the cost of the coffee cups. It's the trouble making sure that you have enough and then suddenly finding out you don't or it shows up in a review that, oh, yeah, you know, it was a six bedroom house and only had five coffee cups. I have a coffee cup system. I have branded coffee mugs uh, with my, you know, my uh, company name for my rentals, which, you know, it's like I don't really push it or anything like that, but it's just a cute little logo, I guess. And I bought them on, um, if you give me a second, I'll find the website uh, to, to, to recommend, but uh, they were very cheap. I don't, I mean, so cheap that I don't even know how much, I mean, like a dollar a piece or something. And so I buy them by, by, uh, by the box. And I just put tons and tons of them in there. Um, and, uh, and if they take them, I'm happy with that. Um, and it, I put so many of them in there, it would take like a year for the, for it to get to the point where somebody's complaining. Um, and then I have, I keep them in my truck. I have a box of those in my truck. So if I happen to be at one of my houses, I can just restock them. All right. So let's move to the bathrooms. Do we stock anything in the bathrooms? Beach towels. Yeah. Beach towels and better quality towels. I, I can't stand when I stay at a place and it's the cheap, really thin towels. You know, you don't want to go so big that it takes forever to launder these things. But I think better quality towels and better quality sheets always goes a long way in making your property. And Sam's Club has really great bath towels yeah. for seven yeah. bucks. And they're, I mean, I, I buy have them. <laughs> I so, bought them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not expensive. You can spend a lot of money on these things, but I mean, you don't have to. I think I think once you find a good source for it, then just keep doing it. You don't. And the same for beach towels, but you know, don't don't buy the colorful ones with the you know animated uh, characters on them and that kind of stuff. That because someone's going to throw that in the laundry with your white bath towels, and you're not going to have white bath towels anymore. Uh, do y'all keep any sort of like beach wagon or ice chest or anything like that? I think that's smart. Um, you know, you want to make it convenient for your, you know, when people come to a beach market, the beach is the amenity, right? So making their trip and everything convenient. So if you have a garage and stuff like that, I think that's mostly important to store that stuff there and give them it so they could actually make their trip to the beach easy and enjoyable. I have beach chairs and a cooler and I encourage guests and it's in my, my automated messages that if they would like to leave items that they, that they bring like floats or snorkeling equipment or pool noodles or those kind of things um, that, that, you know, feel free to leave them. And then um, you know, the housekeeper or I can go over and hose them down every now and then. I mean, it's just nice to have a collection of things for ki- for kids and they'll buy things and then they don't, they can't take them home on the plane or they decide that, you know, they don't need them in Iowa or wherever they're coming from. So we end up with kind of a rotating assortment of things, which is fine. Yeah, it's sort of like once you get started, it, t- it, it takes over and refills itself after a while. <laughs> I think they make babies in the box and they make more of their own things. <laughs> yeah. I go through, I go through and purge about once every six weeks or so. Um, I'll go back there and it's like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, my, and some of it's nice stuff, and but it gets to the point where I just basically just get rid of almost all of it, and and then just start over again. I have a couple of beach bags too, or you know, you could use it for groceries or whatever. But just being able to put everything in a big sack and take it to the beach with you, people might not be thinking that way already. You know, we've actually managed to collect a, a large pile of stuff from the local beach shops that uh, guests have left, and they make great beach bags. I mean, they are reusable; they're fairly sturdy. Um, we also provide a couple of boogie boards 
body boards for that kind of thing. Um, uh, don't buy the $8 ones because they, they don't last. Um, we do not provide any tents, any canopies, any umbrellas. They don't last. You won't get past one or two guests with those. And then no one tells you they break. <laughs> yeah, they don't tell you until the next guest comes in and then they're mad that it's broken. Yep. I do have be I have ta- uh, um, umbrellas at, on the at the pool on the pool deck. I've got uh, th- two or three, uh, and they break too. Because if you don't crank them down, you know it gets windy here, and and that wind it's they're they're gone. And so, but luckily Lowe's is right there, you know. So I just I keep extra ones. Um, so if somebody does show up and says, "Hey, your umbrella's broken, your house is a piece of junk, two stars," I can say, "Oh, no problem. Here's where to find a brand new umbrella." Um, and, uh, I keep one out, outside actually in my, I have a little area that, you know, all the pool stuff kind of, or the beach stuff kind of stacks up and there's a brand new umbrella in the bag there that nobody ever knows what it is and they don't, they don't mess with it. Um, it's been there for like two months now, uh, this, this spring. And so next time somebody says, Hey, your umbrella's broken. I can be like, Oh, by the way, there's a brand new one right there. Just t- throw the other one in the corner and we'll get it when you check out. Um, Check with your insurance carrier. Uh, some insurance carriers won't allow you to provide anything that's inflatable, um, which means even if guests leave them, you still got to remove them. And I have heard that from Chuck. And therefore, every time I go to my house and there's an inflatable, I stick a knife in it and throw it in the trash. I don't know whether my insurance covers me or not, but I'm not playing around with that. So uh, I just get rid of them. Yeah. I, I tell you, one of my carriers is adamant about that and sends me a reminder maybe every six or eight weeks. All right. Uh, so we actually did not talk about bathrooms, even though I said we were going to move to bathrooms. So do you guys, uh, do oh. you guys talk any kind of shampoos, conditioners? I, I do whatever my cleaner does. You know, I just say, hey, whatever you're doing, if you got to charge me an extra 20 bucks a turn for shampoos and soaps, um, uh, I just make sure I, I do my best to keep it yeah. on somebody else's plate. Sorry, Pete. No, that's okay. <laughs> I used to put in the showers, um, it was a thing called by a company called Simple Human, and it's three um, three containers: uh, body lotion, shampoo, and conditioner. Because I noticed if you leave out bottles, they take it. So you know what I mean. So I think that is actually a good way to go. Um, yeah, they do, like they on a, they do that on cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. it's just they fill it up with a large. You know, I would buy it in bulk, um, and then they would fill it up during the turns when it needs to be refilled. That's, it's a great way to do it for the cleaners. It's uh, as yeah. long as you buy decent dispensers, they can be pretty fast. Yeah, the good ones. You don't want to buy yeah. it cheap because it'll be ripped off the wall. That's a yeah. good brand. That, that that same company makes those nice, really nice trash cans too. I, I put yeah, those they, in my I put those yeah. in my units. Everything they make is is good quality. So yes, it, it, it's like seventy bucks or eighty bucks, but oh, it's not worth cheap. It. Yeah. yeah, it's not cheap, but worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have one of those simple human automatic opening trash cans i never would have dreamed this thing would work and we've had it for like three years now and it's flawless every day it just you don't even touch it it opens itself yeah nice stuff yeah we also put makeup mirrors uh the, the vanity top makeup mirrors in our place along with uh makeup towels black towels yes black towels the ones that you know, actually have makeup embroidered on them yes and it's exactly not obvious to everybody and that's I I believe that saved us a lot of linen. <laughs> yeah, when I I remember when those first came out on Amazon, it was like, oh my god! Somebody said, dude, you got to check this out. They got these new makeup. Uh, they say makeup on Amazon, 
and it was a huge deal. And now you go on Amazon, there's like 50 different brands doing the same thing. And, uh, and it's, it's just spread like, like crazy, but they're, they're wonderful to have. You got to have them. Yeah. I don't stock this as a, a regular thing, but I have in the past put a big bottle of aloe lotion because people are going to come down here and burn the hell out of themselves. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, I don't provide sunscreen. I mean, you know, like I said, guests, previous guests will leave things, but um, I think that's a nice touch sometimes because, uh, it, you know, the sun can be brutal and people aren't expecting it and it's very uncomfortable. We we leave um, a simple suntan sunblock along with, a little thing of aloe in the refrigerator, <laughs> um, you know, in case people show up late, uh, they want to get to the beach. So all of a sudden they realize they don't have what they need to go. Uh, and, and there's a little sign on it that says, you know, if you use it, please replace it. Most people do. Not always, but most people do. And uh, I've gotten nice comments about having it like, oh, we forgot ours or we left at home or and the kids were able to go to the beach or the pool right away. And then I had someone that wrote maybe a hundred word review, and I think sixty of it was about the uh, aloe in the refrigerator. So <laughs> usually, those hundred word reviews are hundred words <laughs> in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's any like individual aloe packs that you can leave, like an after sun Probably pack, are. like a ketchup pack that you can just <laughs> yeah, like oh, oh whoops, man. I I've needed. I've, I've actually. Times. <laughs> tried and failed to burn myself several times this year. Cause I am so white and it's uh, like, I don't tan like I used to when I was younger. <laughs> my, my back I, is still I, peeling from the last time we went fishing down at the beach house. I well, didn't fail on Monday. <laughs> 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 I got burned. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's cool though. Right. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. He was a Northern room. redneck on Monday. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So we've gone over, you know, make sure you have a well-stocked kitchen what we're doing in bathroom, but specific to this market, you do want to have beach towels and or separate towels for your pool. If you have a pool, um, typically we'll have them be different colors, but like Chuck said, nothing crazy. And, um, a, an ice chest, a beach wagon. We actually have a few little foldable chairs that have never gotten up and disappeared. I don't think have they Luke? the chairs haven't disappeared much. They don't disappear. They do rust. So I replace yeah. them every spring. Um, and I do under, I under promise on those. I say there may be a few backpack beach chairs available, but you probably want to inqu inquire about the beach service guy down at the, you know, if you pay the guy 40 bucks and he's got an umbrella and chairs ready to go for you for a couple of days. Um, but yes, uh, the, the, people don't steal them. I think it'd be kind of a pain in the rear end to steal those, to be honest, and take up a lot of space in your car. Yep. Yeah, I worry more about people taking them to the beach and forgetting to bring, to bring them back. Um, but it hasn't been a problem. Yeah, yeah. So that's some of the specific stuff. If anybody finds uh, individual packs of aloe, let us know. I don't <laughs> think those exist. Um, all right, so let's talk about your people. So the people that you might need to hire to help you manage this, specifically your cleaner and handy person, man or woman, uh, when are we engaging those people? Like at what point in the process and what questions are we asking? How do we find them? The whole thing. I think, you know, probably one of the best times to sort of start is when they actually get into the management classes. Um, that's when I've had my clients at least compile a list of people to start reaching out to. But, you know, as they're getting closer to closing, you know, getting a quote on what their cleaners are going to cost um, is probably a good way to go. And and handy men, I always recommend to my clients, at least have three in your phone. Because if one can't show up, you call the next and then you call the next. 
I think it's good to have an appliance repair person too. Um, you know, I've, I've tried going the home warranty route, but they're so slow, you know, you, you don't, you can't be without hot water for five days or seven days while they figure out what, you know, where's the handyman. So I have an appliance repair guy and he can usually get there within at least two days. Um, I think that's really important. And cleaners, I think it's best to have a cleaning service that has lots of people. Yes. Um, I have had mom and pop kind, kinds of cleaners, but when I did, I always had at least two in rotation because somebody might be sick or on vacation or can't show up, or at least you, you need to know or doesn't show up and you need to have somebody else who's familiar with your property already. So if you go that route, you need at least two um, in rotation at any one time. But what I like about my cleaning service now is that she's got a team of people and she's got two or three people trained on my property specifically. So she does that. She manages that for me. Yeah. I hear a lot of investors uh, posting on Facebook and things that'll say, I'm looking for a new cleaner and I want one cleaner. I want it to be the same person every time in my house. And I don't want it to be a company and guys like that's not attainable because in order for a cleaner to make enough money to live, they need to be able to clean multiple properties. And depending on the size of your property, it might take them the entire turn to, which is about four hours to get yours done. And in the summertime, when it's all Saturday to Saturday bookings and they need to get, you know, four or five done, they've got to have a team and you cannot limit people. You can, that's like indentured servitude. You cannot make them only work for you so that they can't make enough money to live. So you've got to be flexible on that. I don't like when people do that. You have got to think about other people and having them want to work for you, to want to do work for you and not be scared of you. So you've got to, you've got to let them, you know, give them some space and let them do what they're, what they need to do. And I think it's important to have multiple because I know with me in the past, you know, one gets at, there's times where one gets a little complacent and I would call the next because it keeps them on their toes. So if they know they have your business going forward, they could get a little complacent. So keeping people on their toes is always a good way to kind of, you know, keep it fresh and uh, making them want to keep your business. Yeah. What Avery said, don't do that. It's not possible. Unless you've got 20 properties of your own, you're not going to have your own cleaner, you know? So, uh, but it is, I will say it is much more common to have like a, a mom and pop, you know, like uh, a woman and her cousin or something in the mountains down here on the beach it is way more common to hire um, a larger company that's cleaning maybe 50 properties or even a hundred or more. Um, it's, uh, it, it's not as common in the mountains. So if, I, I understand if you're coming from the mountains and you want to hire like your own crew that maybe works for 15 other people as well. Uh, but it is a little less common down here. I want to talk about checklists for cleaners because I've seen some clients, uh, who have these incredibly long checklists. And I, I just feel like, okay, first of all, the cleaner knows what they're doing for cleaning, but I only put items on my checklist that are unusual or like, please water the plants, you know, please. And I, I do put on there to please sweep and wipe down the back porch. For some reason, I, I, cleaners cannot see the back porch. It's like invisible to them. And it's a screened in porch and needs to be swept and it needs to be wiped down. It is part of the house. It's part of what I expect them to clean. So I, I make notes of those certain things. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're cleaners. They're going to clean the things that you want. Or if you give them a super long list, they're going to ignore your list. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Don't micromanage your cleaner. You just have, yeah. especially if you only have one house. I mean, it's kind of like, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? Like these people are professionals. Let them do their job. Uh, by the way, 
Uh, there are zero uh, individual aloe packets on Amazon. So there's a, there's a, there's space a marketing opportunity. <laughs> Boom. Somebody listening to this wants to get into the short-term rental aloe business. Yeah, I think I need to because I got burnt on Monday and that that's a good business for me. To I put. would buy them. I would put, I would stock them. I would buy my, them too. Beach. I totally yeah. would buy them. Yeah. I'd totally. put them in my beach properties. Yeah. The only time what I used to put on my checklist were not a regular ongoing daily or each turnover thing, but it was uh, intervals, like change the batteries every three months and this and that, because you don't want to get to a point where, you know, the uh, the the fire alarm or the the carbon monoxide thing is beeping because oh, yeah. the nine volt battery has been hasn't been replaced in over a year. You I know, those are things, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So changing the batteries in the remotes and stuff like that, I think is important to do because you don't want to be where the client's like, you know, I can't turn on the TV, stuff like that. Batteries is another good thing to stock at your rental. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. So we've talked about people. So you also guys don't want to be in Pete touched on this a little bit. You don't want to get under contract on a property and the next day, start talking to cleaners or you especially don't want to start talking to cleaners. I've seen some people really want to get ahead of the game and start talking to them before they even get under contract, that's kind of a waste of their time because they can't really quote you anything until they see the actual house. Because even if you know you're going to buy a four-bedroom, the price for two different four bedrooms can be different different based on a number of things, maybe how many bathrooms, maybe how many bunk beds, because they're having to change more sheets. So just keep that in mind. Wait till closer to the end of the contract or after closing. Uh, anything else on people? And what you might want to do too, and I've had this, I've done this in the past with my uh, clients buying and selling, you know, maybe ask while you're in contract, the existing owner who they use to clean. Um, because that may, that way that, that person already knows the house. So, you know, if they're, ha if the current owner is happy with them, obviously they've been using it for a period of time. I think that's a good way to go. And, and usually they'll be willing to provide it because they're selling the property anyway. Yeah, I had an, a client ask recently um, for, you know, who the current owner was using, but they said it in terms of to keep those people employed. And I thought that was really nice that they were yeah, thinking no. of those people in the local economy. It's yes. like they want to disrupt that in these people's lives. And so I thought that was a sweet thing. Yeah, that it's, is it's a smooth transition. Yep. too. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a complete, I'm going to go and give me a tangent here real quick, Avery. I just had a thought of what would it be like for one for a guest to discover this podcast and listen to this. You know what I mean? Like they have no idea. Uh, I, I feel like I kind of hope that they would be relieved that, or like, uh, you know, happy that there's so much thought and time and effort that goes into this. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, just a little note, just, Hey, at the end of the day, we're in the vacation business. It's all about our guests. We love our guests. And I, I feel like we don't quite say that enough. Yes, we're in, this is the hospitality business. This is not just a real estate investment. Right. You have to understand Absolutely. that this is, you are in the hospitality industry now. Yep. After you purchase the property, you take the investor hat off and put <laughs> the hospitality hat on. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk about sheets and towels. I almost forgot about this. How many do you need to order for each bathroom? How many do you need to order for each bedroom? What are we doing there? The more, not the more, the better, but at least three sheets for each room. That's what, I mean, three sets for each room. That's what I used to do. And yeah, it I is going to depend on your arrangements with your cleaner, whether they're going to clean them in-house or take them out or, exactly. um, but yeah, the, the standard pretty much is three sets of everything. Yeah. Some cleaners have a linen program. Um, 
So that sort of makes it easy, but in the long run, you'll probably end up paying more for it that way. Um, but it really depends, like Chuck said, on how they uh, do the laundry. Yeah, it's a conversation to have with your cleaner. Every cleaner is going to have a bit of a different system. If you like your cleaner, adopt their system. Um, and uh, if you don't like their system, probably don't hire them. But yeah, three is yeah. a good rule of thumb. But know this, the more, however many towels you put out is however many towels they're going to use. So, I mean, if you want, like for, for my property that sleeps four people, I put six towels. But if I put 12 towels, they would use 12 towels. <laughs> so they would use a different towel every day. And then that's creating a whole other issue. So I feel like, um, you know, I have washers and dryers on my property. People can wash and dry their own things. They don't need to have 42 beach towels uh, left for the cleaners at the end. Yeah, it's easier to leave extra laundry pods. <laughs> yes. How many laundry pods and uh, dishwashing detergent pods are we leaving? Are we leaving the whole canister out or are we doing it in a little jar or how are we doing it? We My, do housekeeper brings them. My housekeeper brings two or three and puts them out, you know, garbage bags, uh, dishwasher pods and laundry pods. She puts them out. I'm happy either way. Uh, some of my houses, the cleaner will leave the entire uh, bucket of, you know, the little gain pods or whatever. And some, uh, sometimes they will put three, you know, usually th three in like a little tray, nice and cute uh, somewhere. Um, it doesn't matter to me either way. Uh, the only thing I don't want is the lack thereof. If they show up and there's not a pot or two, uh, I, I, I don't need enough for the, to do their laundry for the next three months, you know. Uh, like if they brought some, because some people are crazy, they'll bring a whole van full of laundry or whatever. Um, but I don't want them to have to show up and then, oh my God, I got to call Instacart right away. This is a drag, you know, so uh, anything but nothing is is good with me. I'd rather leave out more than not enough. Yes. Yeah. We, we've moved to these, uh, you know, clear canisters, the kind you can buy in a lot of different places. And I just tell them, put a whole handful in there. Don't, you know, don't count them. Five, six, eight, whatever it takes. Yeah. We find that uh, the canisters don't disappear like the bags did. The bags are just a little bit too easy to throw in your luggage. Um, you can have, immediately see how many are in there because it's clear. Um, it just seems to work well all the way around. We do that for the laundry pods. We do that for the dishwasher pods. We do that for our turtle food. Turtle food. Chuck's turtle got food. turtles at his house. <laughs> <laughs> They're and in I, the lake. They're not in the house, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, liability? Can the turtle bite my 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 son or something? <laughs> I, uh, you can't get them unless you go in the water, and we don't own the water, so my liability stops at the shore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, turtle food. That's a new one. That's a new thing to stock that I hadn't heard. I of. only live. come to the turtle food house. <laughs> I, I get comments on it all the time. People love it for their kids, you know, and it it costs me like. I don't know, five bucks a month. What is it? It's is actual. It I ordered it from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's safer for them than the people going out and throwing junk into there. Like, you know, I'm bread. typing in turtle food right now. I want to see what this <laughs> looks like. Is it pellets? Um, pellets. It's like, you know, dried shrimp, uh, some bugs, dried bugs. You know, it's bugs. All, <laughs> it is. You know, it's all freeze dried. So freeze dried bugs. Wow. Cool. There's like some. Fancy. There's all different types of turtle food. There's fancy. There's cheap. Depends yeah. on how well you like the turtles. Yeah. Are these purebred turtles? Uh, no, no, they're, they're wild. And, and there's like four or five different varieties in the lake. It. Uh, wow. Didn't know that. You know, the turtles got papers, at, man. You know, it it can be worth it to add something like that. Think outside the box. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, what else have we have we 
not talked about in terms of setup that we need to talk about? Landscaping. Let's talk about that. Oh, <laughs> okay. If you got a condo, this probably isn't a big deal. You put a potted plant on the balcony and you ask your cleaner to water it and you're good. On the other hand, you buy a townhome or a single family home that doesn't have an HOA that does everything for you. You need to find someone to do that. There are a lot of landscape companies here, but I, based on my experience, they're all understaffed and overworked. The demand is very high and it could take you some time to find somebody, get even, someone even to show up for a meeting. I went three months <laughs> just trying to get someone to show up for a meeting. And, um, but once you find them, take care of them. Yeah. Uh, Again. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. sorry I was going to say, and almost related to that is also trash pickup. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the counties have their schedule, but the county schedule may not jive with your rental schedule. And you don't want people showing up to two full trash cans. They're going to sit by the curb for three days until the next pickup. So uh, you can make arrangements for that too. Dur during the big season, and I think Luke does this, um, the trash companies offer a concierge service where they'll actually go pick up. They'll roll out the cans, dump them, put them back. And then they'll also do a Saturday pickup, I think you said, Luke. Um, but there's also private companies that will fill in that you can you can hire for that. While we're talking about trash cans, I just got the city to replace my trash cans because they were just gross and stinky. And, and I thought, I'd like new trash cans. And so they were like, sure, just leave your old cans by the road. And it took them like a week and a half to get to it. So my neighbors kept dragging my trash cans back, thinking they were helping me. And I'd drive by and pull them back to the road because I was waiting for the replacement for solid waste too. But it's really nice. And the new trash cans make mm -hmm. me happy to look at them because they were new at one time. And I'm sure huge. they yeah. Huge difference. I've done that too. I think it was about two years ago. I called. I said, man, these trash cans are disgusting. I need new trash cans. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. So I called again this, this winter and they said, yes. And, um, I have three, I have uh, two regular and one recycle. Um, they only replaced one of the three, but it was better than nothing. Yeah. And one of my properties, I have two, it's one address, but there's two units. And so I pay for an additional trash can there. Cause the city, the city in Panama city picks up trash. On the beach, it's different. It's privatized, but um, I pay for additional cans so that it's not disgusting and gross. Because they will, they'll they'll fill it right up and just pile it all around, and that's terrible. Yeah, and again, again, when when we're in contract to buy the house about a week before closing, we request from the sellers a list of utilities, and they'll you know asking for that information again makes the buyer's job a little bit easier because if they have an existing maintenance outdoor maintenance company. Um, landscaper, whatever you want to call it, um, they will offer provide that information so you can then reach out to them. All right. Uh, anything we need to do to set up pools if we have a pool? Water. <laughs> we need to, we need to oh, fill it up. Oh, hey. oh. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> well, both Luke and I have places with pools, so I think we're in a good spot, but uh, you need a pool heater. Yeah, you don't have a pool heater. You're not. You're going to lose out on some of that shoulder and off-season business. The the October, November, uh, March, early spring break, um, and then that requires its own set of handling. Most of the time, it's gas. So you you uh, at least if you get gas, you want gas. Um, you also need to make sure you got a service company. It's going to be responsive. They're actually going to show up on. You need to have regular maintenance done on the pool where they'll come out, clean out the you know the stuff that blows in it and floats around and clogs the drains and checks the water. Um, there are very few large companies here. There's maybe two or three 
across the whole area that actually do the pool maintenance and most of the rest of it are independent contractors or, or maybe partners. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's no shortage of them, yeah, but yeah. you may find it like cleaners. You may find yourself changing around until you find one that's matches your style. Yep. Always get multiple, everything, whatever company you're using to maintain or do whatever you need to do in the house, always have more than one. And yeah, I tell, I tell people to go on nextdoor.com. Yeah. Uh, I call it Facebook for nosy neighbors because in, if it's in your neighborhood, it's generally like we saw suspicious people, but it's local people that recommend local people. So there's probably already a lot of recommendations on there for companies or handymen or cleaners or you know yeah. any kind of people that you could want. Or if you don't, if you don't see it, you can ask for it. So once you close on the property, you can join Nextdoor in that neighborhood, and you'll get a lot of uh, you know it's another resource for you. And of course, you need to make sure you have chair the right kind of chairs and tables to match your your home setup. Um, I mean, you want to keep your design a little consistent from inside to out, um, and keep an eye on those things as well. And knowing that on occasion, a chair or table is going to end up in the pool. So I got I get the real nice Hollywood, the super high dollar. I mean, to me, it's a high dollar stuff, and it's well worth it. Um, and to me, honestly, the pool's not as big of a problem as I thought it was going to be. People are very excited about it. So, it, you know, if you got dead lizards floating in your pool, it's probably not going to be good, but uh, which can happen uh, if you don't get it. I, I do twice a week on the cleanings. Um, I think really once a week is, is what most folks do, but I went ahead and, and upped it to two just because I do not want my guests to be unhappy. I don't want to hear complaints, man. So, um, but I will say overall, it's much it's less work than I thought it was going to be over the years. It's, it's been relatively, you know, and again, it's an outdoor pool. Um, and the pool heater do, do upgrade as much as possible on the pool heater. I, I do find it's, it's valuable to have that right on my phone. I use an app called iAquaLink. Uh, that we're, there's several of them out there, but uh, that's the one that my, my, my system uses. And uh, I can, uh, I can, and I also have saltwater. Uh, thanks to Chuck's recommendation, I, I was in a situation where I needed to upgrade some some parts of the pool, um, and I, I got the fancy LED light that changes colors in the middle, you know, in the dark and things like that. And um, and I also went with the saltwater, which was not cheap, but actually in the long run it is a little less because you don't have to buy all that chlorine. The salt is way less expensive than the chlorine. And and I can put saltwater pool in my headline and bam, dude, my, my, my property lit up when I, I didn't want to do it. I told him no. And then I called Chuck and he's like, yeah, you should probably do it. And I'm glad I did. Cause as soon as I put saltwater in my headline, man, that property went nuts. I don't even know what the difference is to be honest. I don't even care, but uh, <laughs> people seem to care. Well, with the chlorine shortage we had recently, I mean, that, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that's the being dependent on one thing. Uh, what do you call it? Single point of failure. Um, so when you go to salt, I mean, you get salt anywhere and you can buy bags of salt. <sighs> you know, even the Dollar General store here has has oh, bags. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not as important what kind of salt it is. So oh, can I put um, like Morton's like uh, water softener salt in my pool? Yep. Oh, so um, I don't even know. I don't even know how it works. It's not, yeah, my, not so my problem. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of these different people, you know, they sell different kind, different bags. I personally, I think it's the exact same stuff in every bag. <laughs> it's, just, it's got a different price on it, but there may be small differences. But the pool equipment uh, documentation will tell you your 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 choices are, are broad. 
And people like it because it makes your skin softer. It doesn't uh, create that chlorine smell as much. I mean, you're still going to get it because in essence, you're creating chlorine from the salt. Um, and the chlorine smell that people complain about is really chlorides, not, not the chlorine itself. I won't get into the science of that, but, uh, but oh. it doesn't happen anywhere near <laughs> it. Yeah. I just saw my last home for, for 12 years and I loved it. And everyone that came over to use it, loved it. I would, if I had a choice, I would get salt every single time. All right. Well, you, you, you cost me 10 grand with that speech, but uh, it's paid <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to share this tidbit that I saw yesterday in a house. Okay. I said I wasn't going to share it because I think it's such a good idea. I'm going to keep it for myself. But the Wi-Fi password in this house that I showed yesterday is five star review. <laughs> yeah, and you're a little behind the behind the curve. And the first time I've seen it, I see so much property all the time. And it was the first time I saw it. It was yesterday. So oh well, now I know. <laughs> I've been doing that for quite a while. I will say it's cute and it's clever. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> no. Oh, look, I'm so innocent. You spoiled my innocence right there. <laughs> I here, okay, hold on. I'll take you one step further. I have the same username and password at all my properties. Um, so uh, when for, for me, personally, it's, it's awesome for multiple reasons. If any property says, what's your Wi-Fi password? I just automatically know what it is. I don't have to think about it. Also, when I roam around from property to property, I got my laptop, got my phone, I automatically connect. Don't have to worry about Don't even have to think about it. Don't have to log in. Um, I stole that from, uh, from Big P, a uh, friend of ours. And uh, I, I, I never dreamed you know what i mean it's just it wouldn't cross my mind why not just use the same damn password and then hell i could take a roku stick from one house to the next automatically connects all right anything else uh utilities internet connecting that stuff uh what do we that should be pretty easy but is it how do we find who we need to call to get things connected that'll be provided by the seller um when we're under contract so okay They'll, yeah, they'll, it's just Cox or MediaCom. Um, Cox, the list the current Cox is a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I keep agree. a list uh, of, you know, what the service providers, there's only one electric provider. And so that's it, at least in my area. And, uh, you know, the water is the city, but the um, trash can be different and um, internet can be different. So I keep a list of providers. Um, you won't get a choice. It'll be, Either Cox or MediaCom, not one yeah. one or the other. It's just one. Yeah, the overlap between them could probably uh, be described as less than an acre in the entire area. Um, but you know, depending on what you're trying to offer, you could go fixed wireless. You know, you could go with a uh, you know a hotspot uh, if, if you're not looking at providing much, or if you're an HOA or condo, they may provide internet for you. Yes, but you'll still have to get the box. Yes, mm-hmm. actually, my HOA came with the box, uh, although. I got MediaCom anyway, so I <laughs> I have a three-story townhouse. Top floor has the HOA router, and then I have a MediaCom router on the middle floor. Um, that way, I'm covered from all angles. If the HOA <laughs> internet goes out, I'm good. If the MediaCom internet goes out, I'm good. Um, and uh, it took me a couple of years to figure out that system because the HOA internet, I mean, you know, it's the beach. I mean, you're literally like five minutes, five steps from the water. So, you know, some weird things can happen here and there. Cool. Anything else? Nothing else. I'm having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Not much sleep last night, but uh, great to be in such wonderful company. 
Uh, well, um, my mom is texting Luke and I on the side right now, trying to figure out how to use our golf cart. So if yeah. you are providing a golf cart, make sure you have in your, <laughs> in your touch day, <laughs> which is your digital guidebook, uh, how to use it because my mom's being kind of dumb right now. All you do is unplug it. And she's yeah. like, I'm scared. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's, that's an idea for an amenity too. And, we, and I think we talked about that on, on the other episode along with bikes. We did. Yeah, we did. Um, but yeah, make sure another thing in, in terms of setup, you have to, I don't care. You're going to argue with me. You, you have, I outraged some of you with the post that I did on Instagram about this. You have to use a digital guidebook. You cannot just have a a thing like a binder on the table with kids like fingerprints and everything. Uh, I don't care if you're mad at me for saying that. If I if I've marginalized you for not being techie enough, it's not hard to use. Just do it because you they want to know stuff and they want to know stuff before they get there. Like Luke and I just went on vacation not that long ago. And I really wanted to know before we got there, what the coffee situation was, or, you know, what, how to get in and all this stuff. And they're like, Oh, well, we're going to meet you there. I'm like, no, you're not going to meet me there. I don't want to meet you. I don't want to have any contact with you. You know, I just want a digital guidebook that tells me before I'm there that I can look at, you know, we're coming in late with 9 PM mountain time with the kids. So they're jet lagged and tired and late. I want to know before I get there, what I need to do and how to do it. Uh, so I can come in and not be like scrambling around with, with pissed off, tired kids. So you have to use a digital guidebook, period. I agree. Real guidebook in the house. I'm out on that, dude. It's going to get pizza grease and nasty. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's never going to yeah. stay updated. I mean, no. Yeah. So anyway, that that's my spiel on that. And I do not care if you're mad at me about it. Oh, uh, you're right. Preach. <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, just make sure, you know, you've got everything in your guy. I mean, what, you know, do you have DoorDash there or is there like independent delivery? Do you have Instacart? Where's the nearest? Put it in your guidebook. Everything all in the guidebook. Like I'll tell you, I'm going to take it one step further. I know you're trying to wrap, but okay. <laughs> I've got an a Instacart from my rentals, separate email and not from my, from my personal life. I have all my, uh, my bank accounts, you know, my cards for the rentals on file. The address is on file. Somebody's super cool. I shoot them a, a, a cake. You know, somebody's having a birthday. I shoot them some flowers. You know, stuff like that. I, I go above and beyond. Um, if they if they suck, I'm not sending them anything. You know what I mean? I think that's the gut instinct. Is oh, this person, this guest doesn't like our house. They don't like us. Let's send them something to kiss their ass. They're still gonna leave a bad review. I send stuff to the cool people. Yeah. I got a birthday right now. There's a chocolate cake going out right now to one of my houses. <laughs> is that our house? They're there, there for delivery. Oh, by the way, it is Avery's birthday. Uh, <laughs> on the subject yeah, of recording yeah. on Avery's birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, for my birthday, I would love for you guys to come work with us to buy a house in the Emerald or Forgotten Coast. Uh, and you can do that by emailing agents at the shorttermshop.com. If you just have more questions, you can do a few things. You can join our Facebook groups called Short Term Rental, Long Term Wealth, same as my book. And also every Thursday, we have a live QA Zoom. We call it our office hours. And you can join that or sign up to join that at strquestions.com. Thanks, guys. <laughs>